So I'm like, no, I'm just fine with pretending this never happened, honestly. Welcome to our April Fool's special. Transformers My Little Pony Friendship in Disguise crossover. Specifically, issues one and two here, and an episode covering issues three and four will be released in a few weeks. Um, so, obviously, our podcast doesn't normally talk about ponies. For all that it, too, was a popular Hasbro franchise in the 80s. And, I mean, still is. Yes. I will attempt to give a short blip about My Little Pony characters that show up, but we're gonna kind of assume that you know the main six, which is Twilight, Sparkle, Fluttershy, Rarity, Applejack, Rainbow Dash, and Pinkie Pie. Uh, Specs has seen some of the My Little Pony episodes, whereas I have seen all of it <laughs> at this point. Um, so I'm reasonably familiar with most of the characters. And uh, for the record, Twilight Sparkle is my favorite. <laughs> but that's because she's basically me. <laughs> this was a crossover comic that was released in 2020, for your information. Uh, most of the Transformers characters in here are part of kind of the regular G1 cast that you're all probably used to seeing in various things. Most of them we've talked about. There's a few we haven't um, because they just haven't popped up in the series yet. The exceptions being Gage, who's from IDW2, and Windblade, who's from IDW1, Cyberverse, and several other things. Mm -hmm. They did some fun things with the fonts and uh, some of the other visuals in this. Such as using the Transformers font for Equestria and the My Little Pony font for Cybertron. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the character speech bubbles use the fonts from their respective series. Some of the issues are done by who I think is the current artist for the My Little Pony comic series, while the rest are done by Transformers comic artists, like plural, several of them. And with that, we begin. Part 1. Transformation is Magic. In Equestria, a pony by the name of Quibblepants is standing in front of a newsstand complaining about some very applicable meta issues. Quibble's a side character, his whole shtick is that he picks apart plot and whatnot. He's a bit of a nitpicker. The newsstand pony tells Quibble, and by extension us, that this is all for fun, so don't worry too much about continuity here, guys. Mm -hmm. A loud clap of thunder transitions us to a nearby mountaintop, where Queen Chrysalis is up to nefarious plots. She is a villain, she is the queen of the changeling, she can transform into different creatures, basically, or different ponies. I think, judging by some of the background characters in some scenes later, that this is after she's lost control of most of the other changelings, though she does have a small group working with her here. She plans to bring forth other changelings from other worlds to take over Equestria. I'm sure you can see where, where this is going. <laughs> mm -hmm. And now on Cybertron. The Autobots and Decepticons are fighting. Shocker. <laughs> The Decepticons are clearly trying to take control of a malfunctioning space bridge. A space bridge that Shockwave is convinced is breaching other dimensions. Suddenly, all of the Autobots and Decepticons are zapped away through a portal. Leaving only poor Grimlock to smash into view a few seconds later, thinking they have all ditched him. Poor Grimlock. Poor Grimlock. Back in Equestria, Twilight shows up with several royal guards to stop Chrysalis. But it's too late, and a portal opens, sending the Cybertronians zooming past through the air. Twilight is horrified to see that Chrysalis has summoned living things that are about to go splat onto the ground, or more likely, crunch. <laughs> or possibly clank if someone slows them down, but I mean, who knows? 
Twilight speeds off to try and save the newly arrived Cybertronians, while Chrysalis stays behind to acquaint herself with Megatron. B is both surprised and resigned to see himself falling to a colorful death. But Optimus grabs B's hand and intends to break his fall with his own body. Optimus, are you okay? Do you need to talk? I feel like you need to talk. We need, we need to get you into therapy, dude. <laughs> it's all the self-sacrificing, but yes. Yes, he needs some therapy. The two are saved by Twilight's very timely arrival and magical powers. The Cybertronians are just as surprised by the ponies as the ponies are of them. B attempts to blend in by transforming into vehicle mode, to Twilight's consternation, but Twilight says that doesn't really help him blend in, but it's okay if they're different. She comments on their shape-shifting magic and that Chrysalis will be disappointed that they're friendly. To which Optimus says, unfortunately, they are not all friendly. <laughs> and then we are given the most amazing image. <laughs> Queen Chrysalis, as happy as a kid in a candy store, on top of a tank, a.k.a. Megatron. Seriously, it's one of the best images in the comic. <laughs> and one that was shared, I think, pretty frequently after the comic came out, so it's very funny. Mm -hmm. And we begin part two of issue one, Shine Like a Diamond. Rarity and her staff at her Manhattan boutique have been voluntold to get Starscream all dolled up for his coronation. You know, the outfit he's in in the G1 movie, the purple cape, and the crown getup. Rarity attempts to calm him down because he is being a snippy asshole during all of this. Yes. <laughs> With vague implied threats throughout. Mm -hmm. So Rarity says, Happy healthy subjects show just how good their king is, don't they? A car is heard in the distance, much to Starscream's surprise as he didn't think the ponies had cars. Which, he is correct. <laughs> mm -hmm. R.C. barrels into him with a flying kick. And Starscream retreats. Leaving R.C. and Rarity to introduce themselves. They seem to become fast friends as Rarity thanks R.C. And R.C. tries to help clean up the mess Starscream has made. Unfortunately, Starscream returns with the rest of his trinet tow. R.C. intends to fight them alone, but Rarity generates a magic shield to help protect R.C. while she fires on the jets. Thundercracker takes a direct hit while Starscream and Skywarp are herded closer together by R.C.'s fire. Once they're close enough, Rarity uses her magic to wrap the fabric from Starscream's cape that she was helping make earlier around the two of them. Skywarp says, This is stupid. I'm out. And teleports away. Leaving Starscream to nosedive to the ground with a boom. R.C. compliments an exhausted Rarity on her help. While they both agree they would do anything for their friends and for each other. Now, you may notice that none of the My Little Pony characters have been shown in the Transformers universe, but that is about to change. In issue two, part one, inspiring. It would seem that Twilight's assistant, Spike, the dragon, is wandering around the Ark writing a letter to Twilight. Of course, with Grimlock being the only one left behind, he's presumably found Spike and brought him to the Ark. Spike is, of course, very enamored with the big old Dinobot. And Grimlock seems to like Spike quite a bit, too even holding him in his open palm while they get an alert from Teletran about an attack. Said attack by way of the Constructicons, who have come to destroy the Ark while everyone else is away. Grimlock transforms into Dino Mode and meets them. Grimlock makes the mistake of saying, Puny Decepticons! Even together you no match for Grimlock! To which they respond by forming Devastator and stomping the absolute crap out of them. <laughs> Grimlock and Grimlock's big mouth. Spike shouts words of encouragement to Grimlock, but quickly sees that the Dinobot is losing. So he thinks, looks at the Ark, comes to a realization, and then runs inside to make his realization happen. 
Inside, Spike flips through two large books, Modern Cybertronian for Everyday Conversations and Teletran 1 for Dummies. He then climbs onto Teletran's console and starts the main engine cycle countdown. Spike yells at Grimlock to get down. Which is, you know, not that hard as Devastator is still stomping on him. Devastator is then blasted by the bit of the arc that's still sticking out of the ground, causing Devastator to fall to pieces. The Constructicons flee and Spike checks on Grimlock. Spike still feels pretty down about himself because all he did was press some buttons, but Grimlock says Spike did even more than he did. Spike learned new language and operations system in short time! Spike think of using busted engine as cannon! Spike used pronouns! Grimlock tells Spike that Spike inspires him and that he's full of potential. Spike collapses into a happy little puddle of dragon that Grimlock called him inspiring. Their friendship is so cute. <laughs> And now it's time for part two of issue two. They eat ponies, don't they? We are brought onto the stage of a cooking show, Preppin' with Pinky, hosted by Pinkie Pie. And a special guest, Gage. And all I can think is, Arcee still one of her parents in this continuity? Is Arcee worried about her child? <laughs> in the spirit of cultural exchange, Pinky and Gage will be sharing some of their favorite recipes in today's program. I never thought about giant robots having recipes before this, and I didn't want to think about it. <laughs> Pinky is, of course, making cupcakes. While Gage has brought iron filing casserole, poor Pinky and uh, several audience members are questioning their decision based on their facial expressions. Pinky goes to start her cupcakes, but suddenly everything starts shaking. Dun dun dun! <laughs> A space bridge appears with Shockwave stepping out of it. He has, by his own admission, come to spice things up. Ah, time for some puns. Unfortunately, his recipes require a bit more audience participation. <laughs> Shockwaves apparently come to discover how much pony it takes to fuel one Decepticon. <sighs> he transforms his hands into a grater and a whisk, respectively. Pinky and Gage evade him, causing him to demand that they stay still so he can finish his experiments. God, by attempting to whisk them. <laughs> I know, I know, I'm not saying it's safe. I know, I mean, I read it too. It's just, now I have vivid mental images of this being attempted and everyone being very... Confused? <laughs> yes. Gage whacks him in the head with a cookie sheet, completely bending it out of shape, and tries to get Pinky to flee. Pinky refuses, but in the background, the show's audience is running through the exit door, or at least part of their audience is running through the exit door. Mm -hmm. Shockwave transforms his hands again, this time to a spork and spatula. Sporking them to death is not gonna work, dude. Tell him that! <laughs> again with the mental images. Gage rips off the spork and spatula, sending Shockwave falling backwards where Pinky trips him. Pinky and Gage grab some frying pans and beam Shockwave's face in between them. Shockwave, thoroughly beaten by a small Cybertronian child and a pony, is kicked back into the space bridge and disappears. The remaining audience claps. And 47 minutes later, the duo tries the other's culinary... contributions. Pinky declares it a success, though her face implies she didn't enjoy the iron filing casserole. In the background, Gage is clearly trying to politely spit out the cupcake in a towel. <laughs> and that ends issue two. So join us next time for issues three and four, where we will finish this miniseries. And that just about wraps it up for us today. 
Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowfort as AfterSpark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcasts, such as AO3, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, just to name a few. And feel free to send us questions on Tumblr, YouTube, or AO3. Till next time, I'm Spex. And I'm